Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listener to episode number 23 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? We are ready to jump into another great episode, but as I always like to do, we just kick things off with a little message from our fourth listener, and this time it's someone who contacted me on Facebook. Oh my God, our fourth listener knows how to do that? (laughs) Gotta give him a little credit. Come on. (laughs) No, it's just that I didn't know we knew how to do that. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) That's a solid point. Hard to argue with that one. <laughs> was able to check my Facebook messages. You know, we've probably got like 700 listeners and they're all on Facebook and we're just now finding out how to... <laughs> we don't know how to check at. the messages? Like, could wow. be. <sighs> well, if that's the case, the first one I was able to check the message successfully for was Ed, who is a fourth listener who wrote us on Facebook. And Ed says, hey guys, great meeting you at Megacon last week. Oh, Been okay. listening to your show religiously. Nice. And yes, I'm the fourth person, it seems. <laughs> he continues to say, thanks for doing what you do. I could talk endlessly as well about our generation. And that was from Ed. So does that mean I'm fired because he can talk endlessly and so you don't need me anymore? I think we can all talk endlessly. It's not mutually exclusive. We're fine. Yeah, we're good. Okay, okay, good. Whew. I was about to get mad at Ed trying to figure out a way to delete him from Facebook or something. No, we love Ed. He's a fourth listener. We love him. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time to write in, Ed. And it was great to meet you at Megacon as well. Speaking of Megacon, since we last had a regular episode, we have been busy on the convention circuit. Yeah. Wow, that sounds like almost like impressive for a second, the way you said that. You know? <laughs> it's not like we're on tour. It sounded like it was impressive, but it really wasn't, apparently. <laughs> not so much. No, really. Two weeks ago, we attended the Southern Fried Gaming Expo in Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. And then this past weekend, George and I checked out SpaceCon down in Fort Myers. Mm -hmm. Wow. Let's talk a little bit about SFGE first. Guys, what's your your impression of that show? I thought it was great. The the huge variety of games. I mean, the different pinball and arcade and, you know, they had just a good spread. It didn't take forever to play one if you wanted to play one. Yeah, it wasn't super crowded because there was such a volume of stuff. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I I thought it it was great. I kind of remembered it from the first time that you and I went, John. I remembered us being Mm -hmm. a little bit more hectic and frazzled that first year because we only had the one day. And I think that's why Mo's impression of it not seeming like it took a long time to get to a video game. The first year that you and I went, I felt like, oh, crap, there's somebody there. I've only got... X amount of time before I have to leave. So this year, having the more relaxed schedule, actually having rooms in the hotel. That was a big plus. It was a very relaxing convention. Probably out of the three conventions we went to in the last 30 days, the most relaxing and enjoyable convention that we attended. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And having rooms right there, I mean, you that's the only way to fly if you really want to enjoy a con like that. All three days and you walk from your room downstairs. If you forgot something, you're like, oh, I'll walk back to my room. Right. It's much easier. <laughs> right. Even though we were working a table, mm-hmm. we were in and out and kind of, we're taking it easily. It was, I love SFGE and uh, I can't wait. We got, what, 51 weeks to wait, so I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The part I really was impressed with was the whole board game area. Mm-hmm. The social aspect of it was like, you know, you can pick up a board game, throw a sign that says you need players and people just just walk up and play. Yep. I thought that was just cool. Yeah, Grace and I even actually won a game. Yeah, a really complicated, bizarre one, but yeah. Right. <laughs> I saw you playing that, and then 
you won it. I couldn't believe it. I was totally surprised because uh, my wife had checked it out, but she had written my name down on the entry card. So I'm sitting there at the table and talking with some people who were interested in Gen X Grown Up. And next thing I know, I'm like, oh my goodness, who's calling my name? What's going on here? They're like, oh, you won this game. And I'm like, yay. Oh, that game. <laughs> oh, okay. we figure out. <laughs> well, now you have time to figure Winner! it out. As if SFGE wasn't enough, we followed that up with another convention, went down to Fort Myers. I had a great time there. I mean, whoa, we mm-hmm. met so many cool people. The fact that it was a little smaller convention meant so many people were able to come by and take the time to talk. And that's exactly what we did over and over and over and met so many cool people. I think it played to our strengths a little bit as opposed to the opposite with Megacon. Megacon, we just kind of got swallowed up in all the things going on. Like mm-hmm. nobody could spend five or 10 minutes talking to us because every five or 10 minutes there was a new activity or a new autograph or a new panel or something going on that they were trying to run to. But at SpaceCon, they had everything spaced out really well. No pun intended. No pun intended. (laughs) They allowed the room to have time to breathe for people to stop at the different vendor tables and actually look at the merchandise or talk to the people. I mean, there were and there was a wide variety. I thought it was going to be comic centric, but it really wasn't. It was was a very broad uh, kind of a selection. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Yeah. without a doubt. SFGE, SpaceCon, and now Mega Con under our belt a little bit. We're going to take a breather from conventions for a little while, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> well, unless somebody invites us to another one for cheap or free again, then we're we're off to the races. That could be. We'll throw the tub <laughs> back in the trunk and off I'll go on the road. <laughs> so to everyone we met at, at all those shows, it was great to meet you. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast or on the YouTube channel or wherever you're checking us out. Glad to have you. Uh, it's time to get into the show. I see, I see. It tastes so wonderfully. Big Audacious Idea is the new podcast for deep thinkers and inquisitive minds. Each episode, Craig James blends philosophy and science to explore a bold new topic with one of today's most provocative thought leaders. Here, Seth Godin reframed the idea of cryptocurrency. Listen to Aaron Burdick's predictions for the future of augmented and virtual reality. Ponder life after death with Stephen Holly Martin. You can find Big Audacious Idea on your favorite podcast app or go to evergreenpodcast.com. Big Audacious Idea. See the big picture. Guys, it's that time to start talking about media, movies, television show, all that kind of stuff that we enjoy. Last time I brought up something that I was looking forward to watching, Ocean's 8. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet because we've mm-hmm. been doing all these crazy conventions. So I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't wait, have- Wait, wait, wait. I've got you covered. I've got you, you covered, George. What do you mean? I did go see Ocean's 8. Oh, you're 8. kidding me. You went and saw me before I did? <laughs> I did. Damn it. I did, surprisingly <laughs> enough, based on your recommendation. Okay. Does that mean <laughs> that John has better budget of his time or something? Or how is he able to see it, not you? I had to go see a late night one. Give me, I'll give you some slack. So. Okay, right, good. Yeah. I'm too old. I can't go see stuff late at night anyway. <laughs> oh, poor I'll fall asleep, so I might as well wait till it's like right after the Bluebird special at noon. Then I can go see it. <laughs> at the IHOB. Right, at the IHOB. Oh, the IHOB. <laughs> go, go get your burger. No, so I did go and check out Ocean's 8, and it, it was partially because of your recommendation, absolutely, but I might not have squeezed it in, but my daughter was also dying to see it because she loves so many of the actresses in the ah, film. So okay. I had to make time for a late night showing when she got off work, and, and we went and saw it. Okay, well, spill the beans. I'm, I'm dying to know if I should go see it or not now. So I think you should go see it. Really? Okay. I won't do any spoilers. Of course, it's too fresh, and I know that you haven't seen it, right. so I don't want to 
to ruin your that. good time. I know, George, you're a big fan of the Ocean's Eleven franchise, which we talked about oh, in the yeah, last show. Huge. I enjoy them passively, but I'm not uh, like super into them. But I do know a little bit of the mythology. Mm-hmm. First time I heard that this was connected because of the lead character being related to Danny Ocean. Right. Not giving much away other than tell you that you learn in the first couple of minutes that he's dead, or at least you think what? he is. <laughs> Spoiler! It remains to be seen. Yeah, so there's a headstone that says died 2018, and uh, she's even sitting there going, you better be in there. Wow. <laughs> so he left it open. Right, yeah. You assume that's the case. Yeah, that could be a swerve or something, right? Yeah. It certainly oh, could. Absolutely. What I like about it is it didn't like bring any of that baggage into the show. It made the connection and says, okay, now you know how it's connected, but none of these characters are really related to this story, and it let you go off on this other heist film, which was, I think, a good way to start that kind of a sequel. Well, I guess it makes sense that they would kind of kill off Danny a little bit because there's it's unlikely that they're going to do another one of those, not because of anybody's unwillingness to be involved, but uh, with Jerry Weintraub having died, he was kind of the guy that brought all Mm -hmm. those people together. He was in a couple of the, he was in 11 and 13 in little bit part, or 11 and 12 in, you know, small little bit role that was pivotal. But with him Mm -hmm. gone, I've heard the other guys are like, well, he's kind of the person that really bound the whole thing together. And then also Bernie Mac having passed away. Yeah. Everybody felt like, well, we did 13, you know, but we don't think we could do another one. So it makes sense that they would have him killed off, but it's nice that they can go off in this different direction. If it's good, maybe there'll be an Oceans 9 and 10, and then we can kind of fill in those gaps between <laughs> 11 and I, I think the odds are pretty good. It did pretty good with Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's in the, it's fresh. It's in the 70 plus percent oh, okay. uh, for Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. which is good. Is that better than Star Wars Solo Story? I think that's better than that, isn't it, Mo? <sighs> anyway. Do we have more quarters coming? <laughs> anyway, I got your quarters. I got your quarters right here. In a way, it is formulaic in that we have a heist film. We need characters to fill each of these roles, right? We need the face. We need the tech person. We need the computer person. We need the strategy person, right? You have all those things. But on the flip side of that, it kind of turns it on its ears some, and it's a bit fresh because uh, because it's all female cast, those characters, they have a little bit different complexion in terms of what their background is and how they got into this group. Uh, and I think that's about as specific as I can be without any all spoilers. Right. Uh, so it's worth seeing if you enjoy these kind of heist films. It certainly so maybe was a me. matinee priced type of film as opposed to like a Friday evening date night film. Um, it depends on your interest. I mean, I saw it late at night for full price and I didn't want my okay. money back. <laughs> it was right, fun. Yo. Okay. That's good. Yeah. All right. Mo, there's another film that you want to talk about that uh, yeah. we only had to wait about 14 years to yeah. see. Yeah, you're not kidding, man. I'm still waiting. <laughs> How freaking ridiculous is that? Incredibles 2. What else, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Again, we're not going to do any spoiler stuff here, but I really liked it. It wasn't quite, I don't think, as good as the first one. Really? Okay. It seemed All like right. it was missing just a little something. I don't know. Just a little something just seemed to be missing from it. But I thoroughly enjoyed it, which still highly, because the first one was so good. Even something that is close to it is still worth seeing. Right. <laughs> I think I would probably agree with you for the most part. You know, it's like saying, I have a brick of gold. My second brick of gold is not quite as shiny, but it's still, it's gold. still gold. Yeah, right. it's not terrible. So to say it's not quite as amazing as the first Incredibles, well, that's okay. Part of the thing about the Incredibles was it caught you out of left field. You didn't expect to get this great superhero right. family kind of character story, and it was just so endearing. And that part of it you've already got, so you don't get that introduction to these new amazing characters. Instead, it's just a really great story about them. Right. No, I agree. I think it's it was a really good story. I mean, they brought back the characters you know. 
and Love, which was awesome. The action scenes in it were incredible. Not, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. We're just full <laughs> yeah, of puns no. today. <laughs> right. No, yeah, the action scenes were just like super just intense and good. And it's funny because you can see like how the CG computer graphics have gotten so much better. They still look like the original characters, mm-hmm. but little things like the hair and, you know, they're drinking out of these glasses and the way the liquid looks. I'm like, wow, that just looks almost too realistic. Yeah, there were a lot of scenes where there weren't any characters visible. There were just uh, vehicles or ships or buildings or whatever. And I'm like, you know, maybe that's a real environment, you know, but I'm like, oh, no, no, I know it's all animated, but it's so like yeah. photorealistic. But they did a good job of doing that, but having these characters still kind of fit in there, which to me sure, I thought was yeah. a pretty good achievement. Well, one thing that sounds like high praise to me that Mo was saying earlier, he said, you know, the action scenes were this intense or everything. I never think about animated films as having an action scene because, you know, I know it's animated. I know there's not any real danger to any actor involved in it or stunt person or anything like that. Right. But to hear that <laughs> that's your thought process after seeing it, that sounds like it really engrossed and enveloped you in the story so much so that you almost kind of forgot that it was maybe an animated film a little bit during that time. Oh, so, yeah. That, that's that's awesome. That's some high yeah. praise. I'd say the part that I thought was just kind of cute was at the very beginning and this is not a spoiler by any means is that they actually had the actors talk about like the fact that it's been 14 years in the theater, in the theater right like yes. before the movie. Samuel L. Jackson saying we're sorry it took so oh, really? long <laughs> yeah, that's right. Holly Hunter you know Craig Nelson they're all yeah. like yeah you know they said, you know we think it's kind of long too but you know that's funny <laughs> but we promised it's worth the wait yeah. <laughs> was it worth a 14 year wait I don't know you know that's one of those things where it's like come on you could have done it after nine or ten couldn't you, you don't have to wait quite that long seven they could have done it after seven where the you waited one year or 20 years, as long as you enjoyed it, it was worth the wait. So the time interval doesn't matter. I guess that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You had anticipation. It paid off. Yeah. You wish it had been shorter, but a eh, good point. Yeah. The animated short that they had go with it. That was, kind of, that was a head scratcher for a while. Definitely wasn't a Frozen episode, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And from talking to people at work, they were kind of like, oh, it was interesting, but I didn't really get it. And actually, I kind of realized that it was really targeted to to kind of first generation Americans with like Asian parents. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> kind of. Right. All right. Yeah. Because that's the whole yeah. theme behind it. About a kid grows up and becomes very Americanized and all that stuff, which I totally right. got. Okay. With a crazy twist. With a crazy, crazy twist. And then the whole premise is just, you're like, really? And then, But you, so you buy into it. It's just- <laughs> You finally get it at so the end. damn adorable. You got to love those Pixar shorts. And so I think this fits right in with the the world of those. So that was, that was a pleasant surprise. This is another one, George. I don't think you have to wait for the $5 matinee. No. Yeah, it's worth I, your full price This too. one I wasn't planning on Take it. Your family. <laughs> Every time I, oh, I need to go see Incredibles. Oh, wait, I'm driving six hours to go somewhere. Okay, I'll have to catch it the next time. <laughs> Squeeze it in. Yeah, now drive 30 minutes and go see yeah. it somewhere. All right. What are you doing, Inspector 12? Mm-hmm. Comparing our new Haynes waistband with Fruit of the Loom trainee. Here, pull it. Men know our comfort weave waistband fits better. For one thing, it's stronger. Wow, is it? <laughs> Could you use a helping hand on your next electronics project? Quad Hands is the ultimate third hand helping hands vice and hobby station. The first thing you'll notice is how heavy a quad hands is. It's made from solid steel and then coated with a baked on powder coat for a durable finish. And the rubber feet are gonna keep it from sliding on your bench and give you a nice sturdy work surface. Those flexible all metal gooseneck arms feature rotating alligator clips to hold your boards and wires firmly in place. And removable silicone covers come pre-installed on those clips to protect those delicate wires and boards. And those arms can be put anywhere you need them. No fumbling around with awkward joints that are difficult to position. The quad hands was designed to help you do your best work it's built to last right here in the USA and backed by a lifetime guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Order yours today from Amazon or quadhands.com. 
Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners can save 20%. Just use offer code GENXUP20. That's G-E-N-X-U-P-2-0. For your next project, let a quad hands hold what your hands create. Okay, so we're moving on to tech toys. And I, mm-hmm. I heard there's something going on. You guys have like a story yeah, or something? Yeah, there is. Uh-oh. Oh, this sounds good. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm waiting. Oh, it is good. It is good. Damn, John. Well, this is so great. It's Tech Toys with a Story. Okay, oh. I'm waiting for this one. It's, just a, it's a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a bonus for somebody. <laughs> so there we were at SpaceCon. <laughs> now, we've been talking pretty heavily about Rubik's Cubes and Puzzle Cubes for the last couple of episodes because I think in large part, we've had them on our tables at the uh, conventions we've been mm-hmm. at to kind of draw the attention of guys that like Else. The stuff that we yeah, like, well, and right? it's, you know, we did the podcast about <laughs> yep. fads and everything, so that kind of stuff was in our mind a little bit. I'm not calling cubes a fad, but just they kind of had that same kind of feel to them. They were born, mm-hmm. yeah, they're pretty 80s. iconic for yeah. that time, of course. So you know how Google works; whatever it is that you're currently kind of browsing and reading, it gets injected into your feed in terms of ads and stuff. And so I'm browsing through my news. Are we going to blame Google? Is that what we're doing? Here? The whole scary. Try to get the heat off of me if I can. So oh, I'm yeah, Google. no, that's not working. Oh, no, okay, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> this story's getting better. Keep going. So I come across this ad in my news feed. It says the future of cubing. I'm like, what? Yeah. And it's a picture of this kind of weird looking Rubik's Cube. So I yeah. click on it. So off I go to this Kickstarter page. Oh, God. And I was blown away by this demo oh, video. Oh, God. It's not the Atari VCS kind of thing again, is it? Well. I, I don't think so. Okay. I think it's pretty clear what it does. <laughs> so this new product on Kickstarter called the Go Cube. Mm-hmm. Yep. Take a Rubik's Cube and into it, inject all kinds of Bluetooth gyroscopic tech. What? Uh-huh. So when you're using your cube, you can hook it up to an app. The app at all times knows how the cube is positioned in 3D space and the current state of the cube where every square and every block is. And therefore, where every permutation of every twist and turn can happen. Yep. Starting to get the picture now, Mo. <laughs> so you can work on a cube huh. and on the app, you see how it's working. It can do tests and speed runs and competitions with your friends anywhere in the world. It's a real Rubik's Cube in your hand, but the virtual one that's on the screen, you're controlling as you're driving the physical cube. It's the controller. That's actually kind of cool. And it's like, it's a real time thing. Uh-huh. Yes, in real time. That's that's actually pretty cool. So I thought it was amazing and I backed it right away. Mm-hmm. I, I did want to be the only no, one of course you who uh, <laughs> was subject to this. There. <laughs> so I just texted George a simple link with no commentary. Because <laughs> he knows. And in about 30 minutes, he texted me back going, Damn it, I spent another 80 bucks. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was my next question. How much is it for this Magic Cube? Well, they have different levels, of course, just like with any Kickstarter. And there were early bird specials. Fortunately, when John found it, we were still within like nine hours of the early bird special. So it was like $10 off mm-hmm. the regular Kickstarter backing for the different parts. Okay. But I think the cheapest early bird special started at like 59 I think that's right. Yeah. You know, depending upon what kind of peripherals and things you wanted to add into your package, things like chargers and all that stuff. Stuff, right. Just pay as much as you like. Of course, I, I don't want to have to be putting batteries in this thing or anything. So let me get the charger. And so I got the charger. It'll probably just be a micro USB cable. And I just got suckered for another 40 or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting to the point where I want to start figuring out that third level of the regular three by three cube. And I don't know how many people, John, walk over and start playing with the cubes on the table at SpaceCon. It was incredible. It was a huge
huge draw. Yeah, John even had like kids challenge him. Like they mixed up the nine by nine. Oh, and really? He would have to solve it by the time they came back. And <laughs> it took me about three hours. Yeah. <laughs> the lady that was across from us, she came over on the last day and she mixed up every cube on the table. Said, here you go. This is something to keep you from being bored before the rest of the day. <laughs> oh, that's my job when I was there usually, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. <laughs> so Mo, it's not too late. You can still back it. Oh, geez. You can go check out the Go Cube. But I missed the early bird though. So, you know. So the Go Cube was looking for 25000 That was its goal. Uh-huh. As of the recording of this, they've got $337,000. Well, I guess plays. that means the money's coming out of my pocket then. No hope of it not reaching its goal. It is. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You're doing it. Yeah, I think not. Did they say when it's going to be released? What's their time frame? Didn't it say 2019? Less than a year out. It's March 2019. March, really? So Too it's far. early next year. The month that I was born in, of course. Yep. That'll be a good birthday present. Yeah, yeah. There, you there you go. It'll be a present to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Ta-da! Present to myself that John made me buy. <laughs> yeah, he does that. You are welcome. <laughs> Can other long-distance companies offer you all AT&T can? Take a closer look. Wrong number? I'll credit you for that call. We'll set up an 800 number so you can dial Rome directly. You can save by placing... Imagine long-distance without all this. Games. Oh, God, no. Nope, that's it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> Woo! Yeah! What? Oh, wow. Geez. So all that strict <laughs> copy and paste that about 30 times. <laughs> <sighs> I already put the earplugs in. What are you talking about? <laughs> So talking about oh, some game, games game, 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 that game, game, we have been sorry. playing. Damn it. Oh. Oh, oh, Lord. Sorry, I tried to hold it in. It slipped out. It's like an involuntary reflex at this point. It's like Tourette's, <laughs> like, but worse. That's right. <laughs> it's, 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 George has games, Tourette's. <laughs> okay. Mo, what have you been playing? So uh, it's a game called Vampire. I don't know if you guys heard of it or not. It's on Steam. It's on Xbox. It's all over the place. Mm, no, I can't say I have. Oh, it's a third person game where, you know, you're basically you're a vampire. No, no, no big surprise there. I wouldn't have guessed. You guessed. I would have said a frag. <laughs> but okay. Well, that's, right. you know. Here's the thing about this game that makes it interesting. The more you kill people, the easier it gets. Oh, hmm. you like you get more powerful or something? Stands to reason. Or? Yeah, you can get more powerful quicker by killing citizens in these neighborhoods. But the problem is that when you do that, depending on who you kill and their connections in the community and stuff, you throw that community more and more into chaos. Yeah. I, I'm intrigued, but hold on. I, you've leapt too far ahead here for okay. me. So what kind of game? Is this a platformer? Is this a turn-based? No, is no, it RPG? it's a third-person we... perspective. You running around like a third-person shootery kind of yeah, game. Yeah, it's definitely a shootery kind of game. There's combat and everything else in it. It's a third-person biter, I guess. Is yeah. Vampire. With, <laughs> with the swords and other fun stuff. It takes place during World War One England. Hmm. And so so, and the other thing is that your character is a doctor. Yes, Dr. Acula. You could actually help improve communities by helping people out, like seeing how they're sick, getting the right medicine for them. And also the healthier the people are, the more experience you get when you kill them. You're a vampire doctor? <laughs> yeah. What the? F- oh, my goodness. <laughs> so here's the thing about that. It's going to make you take another look at this game is it's the same company that did Life is Strange. Oh, yeah. Sold. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding me? That's all you had to say. Why didn't you leave with that? Yeah, really, you buried the lead. Well, I wanted to, like, you know, kind of ease you into it. Is it Don't Nod, okay. that group? Yeah. Ah, really? To get the most out of the game, you got to talk with everybody. Everyone has, like, secrets. Like, you have, you know, you have the usual, like, communication things at the bottom options. Yeah. Some of them say, you know, locked until you discover something about that person so you can ask them about it. You have intrigued me. And the fact that you're a vampire means you can almost like compel them to answer when you find out something. The power of the vampire compels hmm. you. So the big follow-up <laughs> questions, obviously, what'd you pay for it? 
And how are you doing so far? It just came out. So the reason why I got this is my daughter's like, you got to get this. And I'm like, ah, it's kind of <laughs> expensive. She's like, it's the same company that Life is Strange. And I'm like, okay. Uh, and so it was yeah. 49 Ooh. So it's full price. Ooh. Just came out. I'll be out. waiting a little while because I don't know if All I've right. ever gotten 40 hours out of a game to get my Corey. So that's- I played about five hours. Then I step, actually restarted it again. Really? Because- I did something that so impacted everything that I was like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, wow. (laughs) I can't keep moving forward with this. Well, maybe you'll have to get a follow-up to see if uh, you get anywhere near your uh, yeah, part of me says hope so. It does sound interesting. You know, that's a lot of time to be spending mm. on a game. But, uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to flip the coin to the complete other side. You've been playing Vampire where you're killing people yeah, and yeah. eating them. I am playing something that I mentioned last show that I was kind of looking forward oh, to. Oh, I know what you're talking about. On the about. heels of The Incredibles yeah. 2, I said, I'm going to take another look yeah. at a Lego game because the Lego Incredibles game was coming out. And I hadn't played a no, Lego yeah. game in a while. I got burned out on them. But I did. I picked up the Lego Incredibles game that covers the first nice. and second movies completely. What are your thoughts, initial thoughts on it? In all fairness, I'm only about an hour or so yeah. in, a couple tutorials. I've kind of learned what some of the abilities are in that thing. So oh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. both familiar with the Lego games. You, you, you smash things, yeah. you collect right, studs, right. you solve puzzles, right? Try to get that magic eight times, 16 times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, it's that. Okay. Well, that's not a bad thing necessarily. <laughs> so as with any of the Lego games, they add a little bit more. The thing they kind of added onto this is rather than a roster of hundreds and hundreds of characters. Mm-hmm. Instead, you have a limited number of characters. You're playing as a superheroes. I'm the family. Okay, I'm okay. Frozone and things like that. Instead, they've added almost like a, a very simple button combination fighting huh. mechanic which reminds me very, very, very subtly like like an Arkham Asylum kind yeah, of fighting yeah, yeah. game. You remember in Arkham Asylum, you'd encounter five or six bad guys and you had button mashing combos that would make them do special things. Oh, sure. So they've added kind of a fighting system into the game because they're superheroes. Mo, you mentioned watching the film that The Incredibles 2 was yeah. very action-packed. Well, they wanted to translate that, I think, into the game. So they added a fighting system where each person not only is strong and can build and you know smash certain things and have certain abilities, but there's a huge fight system kind of baked into the superheroes. Nice. I may have to take a look at that one. Yeah, just in the little bit that I've done, it's uh, it's certainly very, very Lego, though. It, they continue to amp up kind of the quality of the minifigures and, you know, how non-Lego they are, how much they twist and bend. You can imagine Elastigirl is very non-Lego, very <laughs> yeah. stretchy, but everyone has their own abilities like you'd expect in a Lego game. Mm-hmm. I don't regret buying it. Sometimes I have bought Lego games and immediately after starting, I go, oh, it's not for me. You know, I don't know why I bought this. I think I will play more of it. Just a couple hours in, as I mentioned. I got it on sale through, uh, thank heavens for isthereanydeal.com. We've talked about many times <laughs> on the show before. Uh, it's it's released for like 40 bucks and I got it for about 22. That's not bad. Uh, well, I get 22 hours of a Lego game. It feels like a maybe 10 hour kind of thing, uh, but I am enjoying it. And it is nice to get back into a Lego game after so long because... Uh, It's a franchise, obviously, that we love. Very cool. Before we exit games, I want to go back one more time to the Southern Fried Gaming Expo. You'll both remember that back when we did the episode where I was coming back from uh, the time I spent in Vegas, that on Fremont Street, I visited that little arcade that George said we shall not call an arcade because it has points for redemption. It's not an arcade. Right, exactly. He shall not be called an arcade. (laughs) But at the time I talked about, they had that sit-down space of 
Raiders game on the big screen. I kind of described it to you and said, if you ever get a chance to play it, you should. And lo and behold, what was right in the middle of the floor <laughs> at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo? Space Invaders Frenzy. Yep. Now, I think we all got a chance to play it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to get your guys' opinion based on how I described it, how accurate was my description, and what did you think of the game? Let me start with you, George. I thought your description was pretty spot on. I mean, it definitely had Missile Command tendencies. It was Space Invader, but... I think maybe um, because you had played it as a solo individual and you were pumping quarters into it, it mm-hmm. had a different experience for you because I remember you not sounding as positive about it. Playing right. it with my wife, and we sat in and we played the thing through eight and a half levels, nine levels, something like that. Man, it was a fun little rapid fire game. It's one of those that you have to just hold your finger on the trigger. You're not letting go the whole time. <laughs> right. yep. And it's Don't just stop. basically you know, positioning your reticle so that it'll run into the Space Invaders as they come up and all kinds of sonic visual sound frenzy. I mean, that's a great part of the name of that game, the frenzy part. It's aggressive. It's like an epileptic fit inducing <laughs> game of yeah, fun. Big time. I enjoyed it a lot. If I had to put quarters in it, not so much. Right. Because I can tell it'd yeah. be a little bit of a quarter suck. But on free play, yeah. really fun game. Okay. Mo, how about you? Um, I'm right along there with George. I mean, it was like, it was pretty much what you described, although I didn't, I had a hard time visualizing it until I actually saw it. Fair enough. But let me tell you, I mean, I I had a blast playing it. I mean, like I said, it's just one of these games, though, that goes like from zero to a hundred immediately. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. There's no like, oh, I'm going to ease into this. It's like, you know, you're like, holy no. crap, what the hell is going on here? Don't you get about 10 seconds of, I'm just playing Space Invaders, and then is it all that assault in the senses? Right. Yeah. And I like the fact that it's two player, which I think is kind of fun. You know, you're shooting the invaders, except with a missile command kind of thing that can shoot and those bullets, which is pretty awesome. George, I agree with you, too, that at uh, playing two-player, even for me, it was a much different experience than what I described to you. Uh, you can imagine mm-hmm. how, uh, with the onslaught, I couldn't quite keep up with playing by myself. But uh, with two yeah, players, you have a little no more way. strategy. Yeah. yeah, right. I don't know how many quarters it would take to get to the level that we got playing two players, but <laughs> two I wouldn't have had enough. Even if Mo ever pays off his quarter roll bet to me, I still wouldn't have had enough <laughs> Actually, quarters. I brought them with me the other day, just so you know, and I just forgot to give them to you. <laughs> Okay. And now he spent uh, them, but oh well. <laughs> yeah, I spent them yeah, on now a game. Going so, to the sorry. GoCube, right? Yeah, you can spend them on a GoCube, right? And who, who'll know? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys got a chance to try it and uh, check it out. From the four corners of the world, it's the Smurfs like you've never seen them before in an all-new Smurf movie. Smurf already! Smurf Quest, coming Saturday morning. We always like to take a moment before we wrap up the show to kind of talk about the things that not just what we've been doing, but what we're looking forward to in the near future on the radar. Uh, and George, based on SFGE, once again, feel like that's <laughs> dominating our show as it well deserves to. Yeah, sure. Uh, you have um, some contacts we made there that have some very promising things in the future. Yeah, it was really nice. So I wanted to make a point this time going back to SFGE and having a table there. So we were going to be there longer. I wanted to make a point of going over to the indie game developer room and I got that chance. There were three individual developers that I was really taken with as far as their games. Uh, The first one is a guy named Robert Waller. And he created a game called Sinker, S-I-N-K-R. This okay. is a quick little puzzle game type of thing. It's on Android and iOS, and it's also on Steam. But it's like you have these little hooks and lines, and you're pulling these little circles into the exit holes. You're, it's like a pulley system. So hmm. if you pull something too far one way, then you got to figure out how to pull it back the other way and up and down and everything. And all you have are these little pulleys and hooks. There was another game there called Neon the Ninja, which totally blew my mind. It was the level that I played made me feel like I was watching an episode of Miami Vice, but with ninjas. (laughs) Okay. Like all pastels and, you know, the pinks and I felt Crockett and Tubbs were going to jump out of a building at any moment. It had that 
80s 8-bit feel, but all the graphics were done in high-res, really nicely cel-shaded drawn stuff. And most ninja games, you know, you're always hiding in the shadows because you're a ninja. But in this one, you're hiding in the light. So you're hiding on neon signs Ooh, and you're okay. hiding. Well, twist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one that was, uh, it's uh, by a game a guy named uh, Ninrock. He had this, I'm trying to remember the title and name, but I can't remember it. So I'm sure he'll email me and chastise me vehemently. <laughs> it was a fighting game without being a fighting game. So it was kind of like Bruce Lee, the art of fighting without fighting sort of thing. Did <laughs> uh, you throw people on the boats or something? Or No, it was, you know, you're just running around the puzzle, but it wasn't the stereotypical fighting game like a Mortal Kombat or a Street Fighter where it's all blood and guts. Like this one was purposely devoid of that kind of thing. They were almost like early Zelda looking characters hmm. instead of like hmm. full okay. motion capture type stuff. Right. You know, it's indie game development. So it's not like he's yeah, got yeah, a big yeah. studio with ping pong balls yep. everywhere and stuff. So do you think we're going to get a chance to preview some of these and some live streams on the, on the YouTube channel? We're absolutely going to get a chance to preview awesome. some of these on live streams. Awesome. We've had some of them already send us keys. Oh, outstanding. Thanks to those guys for doing that. We're going to be working with them. One of the reasons why they're all looking forward to working with us as well. We got approached at our table at SFGE by the gentleman from Dragon mm-hmm. Con. So anybody out there who doesn't know, Dragon Con is kind of the East Coast version of San Diego Comic Con. It's just this massive, huge, right. <laughs> yeah. crazy Behemoth. thing. The spans four or five hotels. Yeah, oh, all God. over downtown yeah. Atlanta, right? I mean, just nuts. They recognize what we do. They saw us there. They've seen some of our content on YouTube, heard our podcast, and they said, hey, we'd love for you guys to come over and host a panel for us. We're trying to get into the indie game development scene. Do you know anybody? I said, well, oddly enough, mm-hmm. I do know some people. <laughs> As it turns out. <laughs> so we're we're in the early talks and we're hoping that it'll work out for this year, bringing the three gentlemen that we just mentioned, as well as Finite Reflections, who did Twin Cop. So, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, well, they're yeah, the stars of, of my show, as far as I'm concerned. So we're hoping to bring all of them to Dragon Con this year, have a Gen X Grown Up Presents Indie Game Developers panel at Dragon Con. I think it'll be, be amazing. Fun. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that'd and be a blast. Certainly it. looking forward to it. That's it's a little bit further down on the calendar, but boy, it's uh, <laughs> something we're working hard to make happen if it can. So you, we'll blink and it'll be here. Right. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, something that's not that far out that through the miracle of time dilation is a film that releases just the day after this podcast drops on June 22nd is the latest in the series of Jurassic Park films, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Wow, drops on that June one's 22nd. already here? Oh my goodness. Yeah, it is. Man. So let me guess, let me guess. Dinosaurs get free and kill people? I'm thinking that might happen in the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's uh spoiler alert. Thanks, Mo. I wasn't sure if he was talking about the movie or real life. I didn't know. I was confused. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's the movie. movie? Yeah. Okay. I'm All hoping, right. hoping it's the movie. Although I have seen some headlines about uh, cloning and resurrection of uh, dinosaurs. So let's hope it Ooh. stays in the movie. Anyway, uh, I am looking forward to it. I will tell you, and I bring it up here because I'm kind of kind of looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, I know what you, you mean know what exactly. I mean. I'm kind of looking forward to it. The, the last one was good, but it was kind of like, it's different good, you know? And now there's another one of those. And it's it's one of those, again, that I expect it to be good, but is it what I'm looking for in a Jurassic Park movie? Eh, remains to be seen, uh, but I'm going to see it. I'm probably going to enjoy yeah, it. No. Uh, I'm just not sure exactly what it is I'm looking forward to in it. I, guess. <laughs> I have no idea what it's going to be. The last one was better than the third one. Right. You know, yeah, it was. That wasn't hard, yeah. but I, so I'm a huge Michael Crichton fan. I've read all his books, mm-hmm. you know, up until his untimely passing and I'm torn because I know he was involved with the first one very heavily and the second one but I almost don't want them to do any more of these 
just because, I don't know, I feel like they're taking advantage of somebody who can't really make it what they envisioned a little bit. Yeah. You know, it be like doing I a Carl Sagan mean, book at I mean, this point. You know, I don't want to see that either, necessarily. It's like Star Trek and Gene Roddenberry. I mean, there's no stopping that freight train. Yeah. It's a behemoth. They're, as long as it's making money, they're going to keep creating content for it, you know? John, you made a point at the last convention. We were sitting around talking, and there was, some, there was a guy who came up, and he was adamantly upset about every sequel or remake that he wanted to talk about, like everyone he was met. I remember, remember that. Yeah. Right. I remember yeah. you made the point. Uh-huh. You said, well, just because they've made a horrible new Thundercats cartoon show, because that was one of the ones he was hot on. Right. Doesn't mean that you can't enjoy the original Thundercats that you love so much. As a matter of fact, it might make you go back and watch the original one and enjoy it that much more. So maybe I need to take that approach to this. I'll probably still see it, but maybe, you know, just fondly reminisce of the original yeah. films and books. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to tarnish the original. You can ignore that if you don't like it and still enjoy what you love that was yeah that was the discussion we had you're right makes sense mo how about you what are you looking forward to up I on am the horizon totally looking forward to the awesome adventures of captain spirit what is that like a what is that? 20s <laughs> cartoon serial what the hell is wait, that wait, wait. okay here I'm, I'm gonna make a prediction here that by the time I'm done talking about this, you will both be on board with me. Oh, I boy. Get, I'll put money How on many it. rolls of quarters are on this now? <laughs> okay, so the game... Strong words. You play basically a nine-year-old kid that pretends to be a superhero. Wait, this is a, this is a game? Yes, this is a game. Okay, all right. His mom is dead, his dad drinks, but you know that's his escape. So you think, okay, what's interesting about that, right? Same guys who did... Life is strange. Oh man! Again? You? That's not fair. You don't get to play that card. <laughs> it's three years after Life is Strange ends. Wait, it's in the same universe. Wait a it's in the same. Yes, it is. Oh yeah, I'm there. All right. What? Mo win. He can have this. It's the same universe. It's three years later. Some of the choices you make will link back to the original. Oh no! Really? Like you go back and play the original game, and it? No, no. Well, it'll link back to choices you made in the original if you have that saved. Like it, it kind of. Oh. Okay. Really? Yep, they'll, they'll, and, they'll link forward. Hmm. Okay. Yep. And here's the the absolute best part, which George, I took this one fact will make you get it right away. Oh lord! As if he's not already sold, right? It's free. They're free. What? It's gonna be downloadable for free. Okay. okay. So to the creators of Life is Strange and this new awesome adventures of Captain Spirit, I would like to say. Hell yes, thank you very much. You people rock. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> wow. Told you. Hmm. I mean, and it looks at I me. Mean, look at check out the preview on Steam or wherever. You know how you do like there's the you know the Life is Strange has some sort of you know special thing you do. Right. Yeah. You had a special ability. Yeah. Yeah. So the kid apparently here. I mean, now it's his imagination, but basically you, he turns into kind of a superhero for a while. And he does certain things like he shoots a beam out of his hand, but he's actually stuck a firecracker in the snowman. <laughs> it's like a Calvin and Hobbes kind of imagination. Yeah, exactly. Show, exactly. The way that's it. the way it looks oh, anyway for me. Good. All right. Huh. When's this coming out? All right. June 26th. Oh, wow. It's right It'll around the corner. Right. A couple days after this drops, right? Yeah. No, actually a week after this drops. Pretty close to it. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. I mean, you know, if you put something in the Life is Strange universe, you're going to get critics that go, oh, don't solely. It's hard to argue with it's free so enjoy it or yeah, shut there's, there's no <laughs> exactly. argument there. As a matter of fact I may send them money just for doing it just a thank yeah. you I thought that just was just kind of like yeah I'm not sure why they're doing it for free but I'm not complaining I wonder if it's the first episode is free it could, maybe it is maybe it's the first episode kind of thing it could but, be first you know, episode either way or, they had to be hooked you know? none I'm, I'm still there mm-hmm. it, I yeah, don't like that Mo sure. got to pull yeah. the it's from Life is Strange card but you know, yeah, that's right. It works. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> it still works. That's right. Sounds like we got some stuff to look forward to in the near and far horizon. I may actually so. play a video game for the first time in six months. Well, it's about time. Yeah. Jeez, dude. <laughs> you can lose your uh, 
Gen X card here soon. How, no, I'm taking my Gen Uh-oh. X cards to every convention on the East Coast. How am I going to lose my card? <laughs> At Duracell, the race to be the best, to be the king of the road, goes on and on. Which is why today's copper top battery lasts up to 30% longer than the ones we made just two years ago. If anything in this episode has piqued your interest, we've put links in the show notes you can click on to find out more. Catch up on past shows and be alerted every week when a new one drops by subscribing to us in Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, iTunes, or wherever you like to listen. While in iTunes, take a second to rate and review the show. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. We'd love to hear from our fourth listener, so email your thoughts, suggestions, questions, ideas, or complaints on this or any other episode to podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is so much more than just this podcast. You can also find our video content on YouTube or explore our entire body of work on our website at genxgrownup.com. All right, gentlemen, that is going to do it for another episode of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. Before we leave, a quick shout out to the guys that I met from Deep Fried Geeks there at SpaceCon last week. Another podcast. Okay. Really nice guys that we met. Super nice guys. I went and checked out their podcast. A lot of fun. Not only do they do uh, regular kind of chatting about nerdy stuff and movie reviews and things like that, they also try their hand at recording kind of riff tracks sort of commentary tracks to popular movies that are free in the podcast of course you're not paying for tracks like riff tracks so uh, if you're interested in checking out that kind of thing head on over on itunes or pocket cast or wherever you want to go look for deep fried geeks yep, already got it and uh, if you give them a review <laughs> tell them the gen x grown-up sent you nice very cool so with that we will be back in two weeks with a regular episode of the show and next week with a backtrack and our backtrack this time is another one that was suggested by one of our fourth listeners Woo-hoo! we're going right. to be talking about the dawn of music Video. Oh no. <laughs> video killed the radio star. All right, Buggles. Thank you so much. <laughs> that should be a lot of fun. Look forward to that one. That'll be next week. Guys, thanks so much for being here. I am John. George, appreciate you. Yes, sir. And Mo, we'll see you next time. Oh, absolutely. And fourth listener, we will talk to you then. See you guys. Bye bye. Bye. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown up? No games, no puns. This podcast is an affiliate of the GWW Radio Network. Visit Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, TV, cosplay, and more. Yeah, I mean, and Gen X Grown Up. Go go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay, no, no, it's okay. I don't have to talk about it. That's fine. (laughs) I want you to. Oh, I thought you were moving on to something. No, no, no. I just, it was, it was an awkward pause. So I'm going to jump something else in there. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> he hates awkward pauses. You know that. Um, all right. Five, four, three. <laughs> You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.